I wish like more pe- like more men would hear how their fellow men are speaking to women like marginalized people and just like step in because like I really don't think that a lot of men believe how much power their voice has especially when it comes to dealing with other men and I think if they really like harness that and like really realize that change would come a lot faster. Hello and welcome to Soundproof, a podcast with me, Gav Murphy. I've been lucky enough to spend most of my career working in video games, which isn't that surprising given that men make up around 70% of the gaming workforce. In this podcast, though, I want to find out what it's like for the women who have jobs in this male-dominated space. This week, I'm talking to Shay Thompson, who's a presenter and host who's worked for the likes of BBC, BAFTA, McLaren, and I've been lucky enough to work with Shay on a few things, and she's absolutely hilarious and really knows her stuff. I spoke to Shay a bit about some of her career highlights and about the challenges of trying to succeed in what can be a very male-dominated industry. I actually don't know how you got started in games. Not in a sense of like, I don't know how you got started in games. I mean, like, I actually don't know what your story was. Yeah, my story took like really weird turns. Usually like people will like have gone to uni, they study English and then... I don't know, they start working for pennies at some random games outlet. But um, I didn't, I didn't do that at all. I didn't even go to university. I was like, yeah, I like video games. I like talking about them. And so I made a really terrible YouTube channel. Like it was, it was bad. Like I actually am like really embarrassed about it. I think I've deleted like all, um, oh, all proof of it. It was really bad. I was literally booted up Google <laughs> to go on it right oh now God. while you were talking. No, um, but it happened to get the attention of this like games media production agency. I didn't even know those like were a thing. Um, they asked me to come in and like host a show or at least like do a screen test for a show at the time like all I'd done is you know videos in my bedroom so I didn't feel like confident enough to like step in front of the camera and host a whole show Mm. so I asked if I could like learn the ropes about like production and like events management and things like that and so I started off as a runner sort of learned the ropes from like the very bottom And then from there, I started streaming in-house for Xbox. And like for about eight months, my job was to sit there and play Xbox games for eight hours a day. That's pretty good, man. It was pretty sick. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, kind of went from there, just hosting, presenting, all that good stuff. I love that you accepted. You were like, maybe it's a little bit too early for me to be doing that. Like, I think a lot of people would just go, yeah, I'll do that 100%. And then just either fail massively or sort of just be completely stressed all the time, which is what I did. Oh, and I I don't know how you do that, honestly. I, I mean, there's part of me that kind of wishes I took it just to like be that, you know, kind of reckless person. But then on the other hand, I just think of like how terrible I was and and how much I know that. And like my my sense of embarrassment, <laughs> like I'm I'm cringing myself out, like thinking about how terrible I probably would have been at that time. You did it a hundred percent the right way. I what I said is I was the wrong way. Like when I was starting, I was just said yeah to everything. They were like, Oh, do you know how to use this camera? hundred percent. Do you know how to use this editing software? Yeah, I love it. That's my favorite one. And then I think it was like my first day on the job lasted like 27 hours <laughs> so you 100 did it the right way like the smartest way rather than being like i'll just fail on the job actually um but you've you've worked on some amazing stuff man like because I, I was lucky enough to be like alongside you on like press x to continue like the podcast and that and i think 
we're in a really cool position where you're right like you know one of your favorite one of your first jobs was playing xbox games for like eight hours a day like it's the dream right yeah i mean definitely considering like i said i didn't go to university or anything and i'd love games my whole life it, it i really was like really was still am like living the dream mm. um and so many opportunities came my way especially at the beginning that i could have never have like dreamed of for sure so what would you say has been your career highlight so far i'd say my first like proper presenting job which was with mclaren and formula one that was like pretty wild i mean you talk about how you just kind of showed up and said yep i can use this camera they asked me <laughs> if i had ever used like a, a teleprompter or an auto key i was like yeah I, I, I use those all the time and i had never um so that was like a serious <laughs> case of learning on the job McLaren is such a high-profile presentive thing as well. Like, but also it's a it's a really male-dominated space. Like, was that a challenge for you stepping into that? Yeah, I think I was like really nervous. Like, I've been surrounded by like video games and like different video game subcultures my whole life. So the sort of male-dominated aspect was quite familiar to me. But it's like particularly pronounced in like sim racing. So I was really nervous when when those first like videos went up. I kind of didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how this audience were going to receive me. Um, and like even the team I was working with, I was like, oh God, like, am I going to be like spoken over? Are they going to listen to me? And are they going to trust me? With the team that I worked with, they were very supportive and online, mostly supportive. I'd say probably about 70%. <sighs> Well, that thing is that that is good. I think like stepping into not only video games, but also like cars as well. Those are two worlds which are, you know, really dominated by men. So I think for you to go in and hold your own in that, like it's an absolute skill to be able to do that. And you, you know, you absolutely smashed it. But like, obviously anybody, as you said, like, you know, we, you're going into like a new job and like new roles and things like that. But then having this other thing as well on top of you, like that's something that I've never had to deal with. And, you know, it's ridiculous. The privilege that I've got as a, like a straight white man, like in video games, I kind of feel like I've just got a free pass constantly. Whereas you to step into that, that must've been really hard. Like I was uh, saying with the McLaren job, people weren't so much nasty. It sort of like manifested in a different way. I was interviewing Lando Norris and I sort of braced myself. I was like, okay, these comments, I, I, you know, I can sort of guess what they might be. What I was guessing like was, was so much worse than what it ended up as. I think for a lot of people, younger people, especially, I don't think it's something that they could deal with and they shouldn't have to. A lot of the comments sort of like assumed that I was like flirting with him just for merely existing and doing my job and asking questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think like in male dominated areas like racing and games and things like that, you are open, I think, a lot more to a lot of negative aspects of the internet. Was there any times where you did feel supported though in those roles? Yeah, I would say um, the McLaren guys, after a while, um, when they sort of realized that, especially like all of the comments came from like one specific person, they'd just be like, you know, they'd kind of check in on me and make sure that I was okay. And I, I don't say that to be like, and to uphold them as this kind of gold standard, that should be the baseline, like bare minimum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't happen very often. So that's why, yeah, it's pretty notable for me. I mean, you've worked in games for a long time now. Like, do you think as a woman on the internet, like it's getting better or do you think it's getting worse? 
it's a tricky one, right? Because because I know the way that games audiences can be. I don't necessarily like live my life by social media. I really don't let it rule me. Like I might drop in, post my silly little joke and like dip back out. But for the most part, I think the fact that conversations like this are even happening shows that there is some kind of progress. It's not where it needs to be, but it's changing like ever so slightly, especially from like five years ago from when I started in the industry, there has been like a significant shift. I just needed to shift a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more and a little bit quicker. I think that that, I think it's one of those things where you'd like to think things are getting better, but then, you know, we had a thing the other week where we were sitting in a bar watching the Summer Games Festival and this is the industry showing themselves to the world. And then we watched for two hours and not a single woman came on stage. All of the punditry, all of the sort of developers, every single person was a man. And you're sitting there and just, you just look tired and you're just like, come on, man. And I'm just like, in, in like 2023, there is absolutely no reason for your entire lineup kicking off this event that is a huge deal for the industry to have absolutely no women but yeah this is what i mean is like the the changes are like so incremental because we have the conversations we know that in order to make change you need to have like diversified lineups but then i think people think that talking about it means that things have changed it's a sign of progress because before if you tried to have these conversations you'd be like you'd be chased off the internet so people are like well women can speak freely now so that means change has come right and i'm like um, yeah it's not how that works i'm afraid i got kind of trapped in this cycle at the beginning of my career where i was like okay well things are bad and i have to be the one that changes things and in order to change things you have to like be really mean and like be really stern about it i don't think that that's good or like productive but i also don't think like coddling is necessary or like helpful i mean that's why we're in the situation that we're in right but i think just talking about things and like actually talking about things we're in this kind of cycle of being very like dismissive and like everything's about oh you know this company or this person has to like take accountability and if you don't then we're going to dismiss you and it's like that's not how I live my life that's not how I deal with conflicts regarding stuff that I care about and I care about this subject a lot so I don't I, I don't understand the approach that just dismisses people or is like really harsh like that's not again that's not how I live my life and I do think there are some people who are like genuinely stubborn and won't listen to reason, but that's not the vast majority of people. And you can talk to people with compassion, with kindness and make it a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like this whole, you know, this whole podcast and this whole thing that we're trying to do with sound is sounding out your mates. And like, if your mates are being out of order, like that's not the end of the friendship with that person. There are some people who, uh, you know, are just not really realizing what they're saying or what they're doing. And I think like sounding out your mates and being like, hey buddy, I don't think the way you behaved earlier was cool. And I've had instances where I've, I've done it the wrong way. Like I've definitely done it the wrong way. Like I was in Scotland a couple of years ago and there was this guy who was like completely hammered outside a kebab shop and there was a girl working by herself and he crossed the road, I guess like to make a joke or kind of talk to her. There's like five of us standing there all outside this kebab shop, quite drunk. And like, I sort of grabbed him by the arm and brought him over. I was like, man, you don't realize like how scary we are. 
like right now like it's completely dark we're very drunk and this girl is walking by herself she just wants to get home like i know you might not you might have the best intentions in the world and you want to go over and talk to us like you don't realize what we look like right now and it didn't go well like it didn't go well because the way that i said it wasn't like that but i really got to believe that if i'd spoken to that guy maybe a little bit calm and been like hey man i don't think you realize how you're coming across i really do think that it would have hit better it's so funny because as you were telling that story i was just like there is nothing wrong with the way that you're saying this This is really measured this is really calm i was like this is perfect it you know what i i used to be like really hot-headed when i was younger and if you ask my mom or my sister they'll be like but you're still hot-headed i don't agree i think i've done a lot of work on myself um and i realized like with a lot of conflict i was having it would always like end up exploding and i couldn't figure out why i was like there's no i was like i'm objectively not wrong in this situation and then like someone had to sit me down and be like it it doesn't matter how right you are but the way you're saying this you're saying this as if you're ready for war yeah and I was like, well, should I not be? And they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, I, I, I say this, it is like the most corny and cliche thing, but it's like, it's stuck with me and it has worked for the last like X amount of years. But every time I approach like anything resembling conflict, I always handle it the way that I want to be spoken to. I do not like people talking to me in a very dismissive way. I don't like people raising their voice at me. So I always talk the way that I expect to be spoken to. And that's with my tone. That's with the messaging. It's with everything. And I just feel like that's really good advice. That is really good advice. I need a time machine to go back to like 18 year old me (laughs) and being like, hey man, I know sometimes you might have the best attention. Sometimes you might not be, you know, a little bit wider the mark, but if you can say it in a quiet, calm, <laughs> collected way, you're going to get better results, buddy. <laughs> Do you have any examples of when like, you've really had to deal with some toxic masculinity? Oh man, when I was like streaming for Xbox, that was, that was tough sometimes. So we were streaming on Mixer, which at the time was like Microsoft's answer to Twitch. Rip, it doesn't exist anymore. So they were like pushing it hard. They were pushing like our Xbox channel, like very, very hard on the platform. So when you would log onto the website, my face would be right there. And it was nice because you had people saying, oh, you know, I'm a black woman. I play games. You know, I really want to get into streaming. It's so nice to see this. And I was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. And then like the comment after that would be like some kind of slur. Be like, why are you on my screen? You're not even good at these games. And at nine in the morning, like it's just a lot. I was like, can we just like, can we take a second? Can we maybe get something to eat and then like launch the hate? It was like this early in the morning is absolutely insane. And it's like after like three months of that, like solid, even though I have a very tough skin and I've always had a tough skin, it does kind of get to you a little bit because you can't like look at the comment section without, you know, without seeing some kind of expletive or a slur. Like it gets pretty taxing. Absolutely. Like I don't think a lot of people who spend a lot of time on the internet realize just how much worse it is for women as well. Like, like if I put a video up, I'm allowed to be crap and I'm allowed to be funny about it. Whereas if a girl do it, it'd be like, you don't deserve your job. Come on, man. 
come on man I'm like surely we've all had times where we're like learning stuff on the job like and that was like something I had to like explain even though I couldn't because like I was a brand voice and I really wasn't allowed to like talk about myself but something I tried to get across was the fact that I am playing these games quite often like I'm playing them for the first time because we didn't get a chance to like play them like before they like we were playing them on launch day um so I'm like figuring out controls I'm doing all of that in real time whilst trying to be engaging whilst selling this game whilst talking about like all of its kind of technical features and stuff like that like it was it was so much to bear in mind but it's like you're not absolutely perfect the first time you've done something you deserve to die I'm like whoa how did we get here man so mean yeah I love live stream and I think it's such, such a cool invention and I think is an amazing way of engaging with your audience but that immediacy can be terrifying sometimes because we do a lot of stuff where it's edited and having that like fallback of being able to have a think about something and go okay well this is going to be edited so I, I know I can spend some time with it I can control how this is going out exactly that is taken away for live streaming and I think like it can be an amazing thing as an amazing way of engaging with your audience, but also, you know, not having that safety net and having it go out and be like, oh, well, that's it now. That's it. But also then having the community be able to like interact with you live as well can also be a terrifying thing. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I used to really hate doing live work, both like live streams and just like live kind of shows because of that. It's like, oh, my God, like I I can't edit myself. I I used to think the best version of myself was the one that I could like edit I could like do a million takes and that could go out and it's fine but the live streaming like element is just so immediate it's 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 constant it's immediate and I also think on the audience's side they kind of end up building a relationship with you especially if they're coming back at like the same time every single day of the week you sort of like end up building this relationship that can become quite parasocial which is nice because then you see comments like, oh, you know, like I, I was in the hospital this week and like your live stream kind of kept me going. Love comments like that. And then it sometimes it like veers like so far into the other side and it's like, I, I'm just a girl. I'm just a girl with an Xbox controller. I, I didn't <laughs> sign up for this. I think like that is the one of the things that we don't even know the effects of yet. And I think maybe we won't for years. And I don't know, is, is this thing of people are spending a lot of time with you. Sometimes I think people think that you actually know those people a lot more than you do. It's like, I've watched Mad Men, I don't even know how many times, but I wouldn't think that I'm friends with John Hamm if I saw him in the street. Whereas with the stuff that we do, because it's, you know, you engage with the community a little bit more than John Hamm is sadly not engaging with me. You, you feel like there's a relationship there between, and there is a relationship, but I think, you know, you have to know that there's like barriers as well. And I think like most people get it, but I think like other people then sometimes can step over the line. Like, have you ever had any people really step over the line? I've had people try to like send me money and like gifts. And I know that that can be like an element of like a lot of streamers on Twitch, like that's how they kind of make their income. That's totally fine. But I especially had to like reiterate, I was like, I'm working on behalf of a brand. So I had to quite often say, I have a salary. This is my job. I can't accept. I, and I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't even allowed to like promote my own channels. But I'd have people like DM me or like find me on like social media, even though I couldn't like link to it. They managed to find me anyway. And like would insist on like sending me this stuff. And like, 
I think 99% of the time it came from a good place because they were like, I really want to support you and all of this. But then with some people, it kind of became a way to like try and buy my time, which is hard. Like, I think if you'd asked me this like five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, they were just like creepy. I was going to say swear word, but I caught myself there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would have just said they're really creepy people. But I think especially people who have the capability to kind of develop these social uh, parasocial relationships i think they're like genuinely lacking something in their lives and they they really use like live streams as a way to kind of release that and escape which i can only be so patient about because i like i said boundaries are really important to me if i could like rename myself to make boundary my middle name i really would because <laughs> it's such an important thing to me like in all aspects of my life yeah it's it's a really interesting one as well because the way the twitch and youtube are kind of set up is so your community can give you money like and directly give you money and you know on youtube it's super chat um and I, i've been in live streams and it's literally set up like that so the person who is giving you the most money their comment will show up above everybody else's like that's how the whole system is set up so while that is good for you to be able to build a living for yourself at the same time that does then open up this sort of hierarchy between your community where you're just like oh these people who are giving you like hundreds of pounds they are above every the people who aren't giving you anything and it's a really interesting thing because when I started doing this project, I started looking into like, you know, like love bombing was this huge, this new term that I wasn't really that familiar with. And it was kind of like, I started reading about love bombing and the way that in relationships, maybe like men can love bomb women and, you know, sort of like promise the world and go all out and then kind of like withdraw that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not great behavior. If someone who wanted to drop like hundreds of pounds on your stream, then is expecting something back. That can be quite a scary thing. And that's what I don't think that Twitch and YouTube are doing enough to do is kind of put those healthy barriers in place because you're out there. Like, I think it can feel quite lonely for people because they're streaming. Most people stream by themselves to, you know, hundreds, thousands of people and you're live with them all the time. And, you know, that can be quite a scary thing. It can be a really scary thing, especially for like really young people who are like finding their feet and like enjoy streaming because it is genuinely fun because there's no guidance. There's no like rule book on this. So if there is someone in your chat who is like sending you tons of money and the idea is that you're supposed to be thankful for that because, you know, I'm, I'm paying your bills. I love your content. You know, I'm going to support you as much as as much as I want to and as much as I can, but like it, it can be a really big breeding ground for a lot of toxicity. And I do, I do really worry, um, especially about the younger people. What's some good examples of things that men could be doing better when it comes to interacting with women online? I know that for me, one thing that I like wished I had and wish I sort of seen more of was when I was playing Overwatch and I was playing like ranked, I wish like more pe- like more men would hear how their fellow men are speaking to women, like marginalized people and just like step in. Because like, I really don't think that a lot of men believe how much power their voice has, especially when it comes to dealing with other men. And I think if they really like harness that and like really realize that, change would come a lot faster because i think all it takes sometimes is a man to step in and just say can you chill for a second it would have made like all the difference and i probably would have kept playing competitive overwatch 
Not anymore, though, because I'm not good. But I was. <laughs> no, I, I, th- I think that's definitely right. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. And it's like, I think a lot of men maybe are a little bit afraid to step in because they think that it has to be this confrontation. Nobody likes confrontation. And I think like, this is what I kind of want to get across. Yeah. <laughs> 18-year-old me did too. Um, but it's like, I think that's kind of what, you know, I, this whole project is about is it's going like, it doesn't have to be this sort of big fight. Obviously, there are bad people in the world that are just gonna say bad things. But I think a lot of people, a lot of times, someone will say something. You go, "Hey, man, that's just really not cool." And I'd love to think that most of those people will go either, even if it's not at that particular moment, will go away and go, "Hey, do you know what? I didn't act in a cool way then, and I'm glad someone called me out." And and that's the thing with that when you hear all these terms as well like these new terms like gaslighting and love bombing and things like that i think there's two ways of dealing with the learning those terms which is either like batting against it which i think a lot of people do and i think they go that's nonsense just like a buzzword whatever but i think a lot of the time people are, are, are like that because they realize oh god i have actually done stuff like that like and they recognize some of those things in their own behaviors and while that's not okay it is okay to recognize that maybe you have acted badly in the past and you know putting these terms on it means that then you can go hey i'm gonna try better going forward and try and be better going forward and i think it goes back to what you're saying which is like if more guys would just call out in a positive way bad behaviors when they see it like it doesn't have to be a confrontational way like you don't have to fight people constantly i think there's a there's a way i've done it where i've taken buddies aside and go i don't think you should say that man you know and like i've had people do it with me like i you know i've had people do it with me in my own like behaviors and things like that with buddy mates have taken me aside over the years and gone i think you're acting not great there man and you're like you're right you're like you're absolutely right and like hopefully even if they don't realize at the time it'll land somewhere. I think that's one thing that people don't realize is that when they're sort of like being pulled up on something, there is this assumption that it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're telling me what to do. Why are you pretending that you've never, you know, said something untoward? It's like, we all have the capacity to commit harm. Like as much as some people like to pretend that they're above it, we all have that capacity within us, right? It's just how you deal with it. And I think what you were saying as well about when people hear these new words, they're just like, oh, great. Another new word. I'm like, if anything, it kind of makes me feel better that we finally have the language to like talk about these things rather than like kind of dragging them out and these and them being like these big kind of concepts, like these abstract concepts. We have the words, we have the language for it. So all we can do now is kind of like hold each other to better standards. And it, it doesn't have to be an all out war. It doesn't have to mean like the end of a friendship. And it's also not a moral failing on your part when you're being called out by something. It's not, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that you might not have handled something that correctly in the situation and that's fine it's just how you deal with it going forward absolutely that's i mean that feels like that's such a positive place to end this on man oh man thank you so much for talking about an absolute blast that was brilliant thank you man that was the fantastic shay thompson if you want to hear more about what we're trying to do with sound cymru you can check us out on instagram at sound cymru or gov.wales slash sound